Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Latter-day Takes. After our two-week hiatus, we are back at it again. On today's episode, Brian and I get into... A recurring segment. I don't know how often we're going to do this, but we talk about people we can't be friends with. We also talk about club girls and why we can't marry them. We talk about Sam Smith's outfit at the Grammys and how ridiculous that whole thing was. We cover church finances. That becomes kind of the bulk of the medium part, middle part of the episode. And then, of course, we end with our spiritual segment. And with that, we'll go ahead and kick it over to Joe on the intro. Before we get to the rest of the podcast, I'd like to talk to you quickly about Odyssey Snacks. Odyssey Snacks provide some of my favorite protein bars in the world. Now, they've got six different flavors, mint chocolate brownie, peanut butter, chocolate chip, dark chocolate almond, vanilla blueberry, mocha chocolate crisp, and my personal favorite, banana chocolate chip peanut butter. You can get 10% off if you use my discount code, HARPY10. You can go to odysseysnacks.com. That's where you can enter in the promo code at checkout, or you can just type in odysseysnacks.com slash harpy10, and that'll give you 10% off of your order. Anything you order, you can get for 10% off. Anyway, just want to share with you how much I love these. They've got a great prebiotic in them that kind of just helps you with the digestive tract, all that stuff. They're great with the macronutrients, a good amount of fat, carbs, and protein across the board. They're great for feeling satisfied. They're great for eating and then working out or working out and then eating. I'm a big fan of these bars. They don't get you bloated. That's the big, amazing part of this. Anyway, it's odysseysnacks.com slash harpy10, or you can enter in harpy, H-A-R-P-E-Y, one zero at checkout, and you'll get 10% off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. Of it, most of it. And they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, yes the Mormons, Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. New backdrop. All right. We are back, everybody. Brian's feeling feeling nice and sexy about his backdrop. What do y'all think? It's better than yours, dog. Yeah, I don't have one. Not yet. You need, we'll get there, you said though. You, want, you said you want to get a sign, though. Yeah, I want to get a podcast sign of, a, of our logo, our new logo, which we have unveiled officially, um, inspired uh, by sure. none other than um, your sister, Brittany... Harper, Brittany Peterson, Peterson, Brittany Harper Peterson. No, 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 no. Oh, she she didn't keep the maiden she, name. No. Oh, she nixed it. Or, she kept her yeah, middle no, name. Yes. 
See, my sisters didn't have middle names. And they kept their That must be a Utah thing, Doc. Because that's the second time I've heard that. We're not a Utah family, though. Like, this all happened outside of Utah when my sisters were born. I'm serious. Okay, you're right. Touche. I'm just saying. I'm not ashamed of being from Utah. I love being from Utah. It's not about that. I'm just saying. Maybe it's a Utah thing. I would bet it's probably more likely a Mormon thing, if you want to call it that. Which I feel better calling that Mormon and not, it's a member of the, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints thing. It's like a Mormon thing because that's like culture. That's cultural Mormon. We could still call it culture Mormon, maybe. I don't know. Which, by the I way. Was liter- I was literally about to correct you. Yeah. I mean, same thing, yeah. Two, two peas in a pod. Um, oh, man. So no, I that, wanted to get an on-air sign, dog. I was going to put one like right, like right here, just on air. Yeah, and then that'd just, be sick. That'd be really but, sick because we, no, we'll go, I'll, we I'll will go full video. We will go full video at some point. Get a YouTube yeah. thing going. Yeah. Um, get an email thing going. Oh, people can write in at some point. But anyway, so um, I was going to say, though, real quick, do you remember when President Nelson gave that talk on the, the appropriate name of the church and referring to it as mm-hmm. its full name? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the promise he gave? We're not at the spiritual segment yet, but like it's still pretty significant. He said, if you adopt that, like, if you, like, embracing that and calling it the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or I am a member, member, and we kind of go away from the Mormon thing because we're making it more about Christ. Mm -hmm. He said, we'll have blessings come down on us, uh, upon us, the likes of which have never been seen. I mean, that's a freaking, that's a hell of a promise (laughs) from a prophet. So I completely agree. I, uh... There was I'm another curious one if anybody's experienced that. There was another one that I read that was like that from another talk, talking about something, and I can't remember what it was. You yeah, know what? He might have been he might have been talking about temples. Hmm. He might have been talking about temples. It might for some reason it sounds like Christofferson, maybe, but not sure there. Yeah. Or was it the talk another talk by President Nelson? Is that what you're saying? No, it was another talk by President Nelson. Yeah. Because I read it. Oh, gotcha. It was, uh, part of, it, was part of, it was part of my reading list. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, so uh, how how you been, man? How bro, how was man. your week, Harper? Harper, how was your I week? Got, I got sun. I got sun, dude, out in freaking Costa Rica. Oh. Um, little, little trip skis. Yeah, dude. It was actually Costa Rica is a cool spot. It's unique, kind of. I mean, I've never been that far south before. It's like it's the second lowest country in Central America, I believe. Right? It's right above Panama, and just below Panama is Colombia, which is the top of South America. So, pretty low down there. Um, really cool. Uh, hiked a volcano, swam at the top of the volcano where the water which, is collected. That is that's mind blowing. You told me about that. I go, what? Yeah. Yeah, so explain explain this. Explain this. So first things first, it was not an easy hike, and me and my buddies did it in Tevas. Freaking idiots, man. Um, five miles. And it was it was like it was very mountainous, very jungly, you know, like you're going up, you're kind of bouldering half the time. And get to the top, go down just a little bit farther. It's a dormant volcano, which by the way, I have a cool little thing that I've explored yesterday. That's not really spiritual, but I'll share it here in a second. Um, I, we, the water collects there at the top where it erupted. It erupted 
3,500 years ago. There's two volcanoes in this place. It's called La Fortuna. The big one is Volcano Arenal, spelled A-R-E-N-A-L. So like arenal, if we were to pronounce it in English. Um, and this one, I can't remember what it was called, but it last erupted, like I said, 3,500 years ago. And it's basically an offshoot of Arenal. But yeah, it's hasn't erupted, and it just now is a lake at the top of the volcano that you can go swim in. It's cold water; it's not warm, so it's uh, which makes me feel a little more comforted. If it was warm, I'd feel like I was at the beginning of Dante's Peak. Those two, those two people that skinny dip and then get boiled alive. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have tested the waters quite literally if that right. were the case. Um, but yeah, so that was cool. And what's funny is at the time I didn't even realize we were in the volcano. Like I didn't, I, I thought it was like some lake that was like just where water collected on like the side of the mountain or something, but it was a big, it was a big lake. I had pictures that you probably saw, but, um, it wasn't until like the next day when my two buddies were like, I was like, so where was the actual volcano? And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, like where, like, where did it like fire off from? Like, was it just like over the ridge where we were? And they're like, are you an idiot? Like we were in it. We were in the volcano. Like where it erupted is now where there is water that we swam in. And I was like, are you kidding me? And then I like at the time I was like, wait, that's, that's like really cool. (laughs) That's like what we did was awesome. And I didn't even realize that. And they're like, wow. Okay, dude, why did we bring you on this trip? No, it wasn't like that. It was fun. But when I realized it the next day, it was pretty funny. So that was cool. Well, yeah, because that's the whole thing with me was like, I was like, wait, you said you swam in a volcano. And I go, what? And... (laughs) It was it was just a collection of rainwater though, correct? Like, am I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't which one? That's for sure. And it's the one. It's the on your Instagram. It's the one where you're feeding the monkey, right? Slapping the monkey. There was no slapping of the monkey going on. (laughs) If that monkey tried to steal my food, I'd slap it. All right, that's fine. You can do that. That's the only way. That's the only scenario in which that is acceptable. But it was. It was definitely coming for our food, dude. Fed a monkey on the beach, a little spider monkey. Those things were like demanding. You could tell, like, they well, were. Yeah, they were, once like, you feed an animal, you, you're you're the problem. Okay, you're the problem. Maybe you can't be feeding these. Listen. You're you're you need to teach them how to fish, not not you know feed a man a fish. Life rule, according to Harper. Never pass up an opportunity to feed a monkey. I'm going to okay. call that life rule 167. All right. Well, now the next person that comes through is going to be you know, forced to give their food. And what if they don't have enough food for the little monkey? Well, then they missed out. That's, that's a bummer. But I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm working on this life rule like where I'm going to rival Jordan Peterson. Right? Life rule, rules for life, number 167, never pass up an opportunity to feed a monkey. And people are going to be like, what's the analogy for that? And it's like, it's not an analogy. It's actually just a good idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, oh, uh, uh, chilling on the beach with monkeys, which like it was their, it was their territory. You could tell that they felt that way. So that's why they're like, where you, it's like they were mob bosses coming in. Like you owe me something. You're in my, you're in my world now. So what are you going to give me? And then there were like raccoons doing the same thing. It was pretty wild. Costa Rica is a funny oh. place, man. They had trash Freaking, pandas there. Yeah, well, maybe I don't know. Um, trash pandas. Oh, I mean, no, no. well, I don't know if they were full on raccoons. Like, I don't know. If they they might have been a variation, but yeah, same thing. You're right. Okay. They look like just, them. That's for I'm, sure. I'm a big I'm a big fan of trash pandas. 
Sounds like it. But um, so that we woke up to howler monkeys two days in a row because we were like staying in the heart of the jungle. Howler monkeys are funky, dude. They make some aggressive noises. I honestly thought we were under attack. I was like, "What is that? What is happening?" And these these monkeys straight up like were at dawn. Dawn comes around and they're just like, like I don't want to imitate it, but it is it is wild stuff that the howler monkeys. You feel like you're you might you might not wake up alive the next morning if things go south. Is that even possible? I can't. You're gonna, you're gonna can't wake up. Help. I can't help but think of my cousin Vinny when I hear you waking up and be like, what the hell is that? I can't remember that part. Okay, so it's the it's when they go out, it's when Vinny and is um uh, she's Mona Mona Lisa Vito? Yeah, Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa go out to the defense or no, the prosecuting attorney's cabin in the woods. Oh yeah, it's real quiet. You know, go out there, get some sleep, right? Middle of the night, the uh, the owl goes, starts making noise. Vinny wakes up. What the fuck was that? <laughs> goes out in his underwear and Jordans. I believe he has Jordans on. Shoots his gun and then walks back in. <laughs> that sounds about right. Dude. I can't help but think of you. <laughs> Getting woken up, be like, "What the fuck is that?" Scream, running around, so, freaking that's pop just the cap me, and all just, these howlers, dude. Yeah, just just me and the way my mind works with good old movies. So I get it, dude. But I get it. You got you have Ryan and Amber at the hot springs in La, in La Fortuna. Yeah, so this was I wanted to culminate here. So there's a yeah. ton of. Hot you said they weren't. You said it wasn't hot though. Not the volcano. Oh, wasn't. the volcano. Gotcha. Okay. Hot springs. Yeah. Gotcha. So okay. we went to these hot springs. Our hotel gave us a free little pass to some hot springs, which was cool. And we ran into this couple there, Ryan and Amber. And this is where like it gets interesting. They were funny, dude. They were like super anti-vax. Like they were like coming in hot, and they're both from Canada. I was like, this is oh, weird. Really? they were like, they, like one of my buddies was just straight up. He's like, so how do you feel about like Justin Trudeau? And I was like. Whoa, not even a warning <laughs> shot. Like, my goodness. And they were like, oh, you mean, you mean, uh, what did they say? They call him, uh, J- what they say? They call him Justin, uh, uh, freak. What's the, uh, what's the Cuban guy's name? Castro. They're like, you mean Castro? Justin Castro? <laughs> Which we got into that whole thing because there are conspiracies that people say that he actually is. Fidel Castro's son because Fidel Castro had a relationship with the Trudeau family and like knew the parents really well. And if you look at younger pictures of Fidel Castro, they actually do look alike. It's kind of nuts. But anyway, um, so they came in hot with all that stuff. So that from the get go, I was like, well, these people are going to be entertaining. That's for sure. And they were super nice, really easy people to talk to. But this Ryan guy, they start telling us about like how they met. They're like, oh, we just actually met in the gym in Costa Rica. I'm like, you guys are both from Canada and you just happened to me? I was like, yeah, yeah. That, like, they didn't come down here together. They came down here with other partners. Like, Amber was married to somebody else and it just fell apart. They got divorced. He was he was Costa Rican. And I think that's kind of why she came down there. But then she ended up staying because she liked it so much. Ryan came down there with his girlfriend from Canada. But he had been married by by some scheme he was connected to some people that paid him $8,000, 16,000 total was the, was the agreement. 
$8,000 to marry some lady from Singapore and then be with her for a year, not be with her, be married to her for a year. They didn't have to like, in fact, literally there was a ceremony. He said he pecked her and they got like dinner together and then they never saw each other again. He got the eight grand on their wedding day and he's been waiting for the other eight grand for a while and he doesn't have it yet. But they were going to be married a year, get divorced, and then he was going to get the other 8K after a year. And anyway, so he's still married to this woman. That hasn't been finalized. He came. He comes down to Costa Rica and with a girlfriend, different girl, they break up. She goes back to Canada. He meets Amber, and there they are at the hot springs together. And I'm like, this is an unbelievable story. Jeez. Did you get their yeah. number? <laughs> no. Nor did I want it because I feel like Ryan would text me a lot. He's like one of he's like one of the, he's one of those guys. Yeah, uh, blow blow my phone up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? I have enough. I have enough friends, Ryan. Sorry, I don't really need any more. But um, no new friends. That was so. Did that was, did you uh, on on your way down there? Did you did you recline your seat in the in the airplane? Yeah. So. I don't know if you knew this, but Spirit might be the worst airline in the world. Uh, yeah, Spirit and Frontier. Like, I legitimately don't think I'm ever going to fly Spirit again, ever. No, I will. I will I've, pay. I've flown front. I've flown Frontier one time. We'll never do it again. Three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars more to avoid flying Spirit Airlines. I freaking hate that airline. Even though it got me there okay, there were very like few delays, and the ones that happened that was like very minor, just like. Got on the plane, had to wait like 20 minutes longer. Not that bad. But in terms of just how easy it is to fly on Spirit. And like it, it, so it made me – you know how they refer to airplanes as airbuses sometimes? Yeah. Well, it never occurred to me that it's like a bus in the air until I flew Spirit. I was like, this is about as janky as a bus I've taken in Mexico before to get from one place to another. It is so rickety – they don't even like clean up anything behind from any of the passengers and they can't recline their seats. That's not even a factor. So I thought about it and there is like there is a culture. Are are you somebody that reclines your seat on the plane? Cuz I hear some people have like a hard stance, don't ever recline your seat on a plane. It's it's very inconvenient for the person behind you. So First class, business class, yes, I am reclining. The further back I go, and I think it also depends on the distance too, right? Like, I'm sorry, but if it's an overnighter, like red eye, like, yeah, yeah, you better believe I'm reclining. I don't care. Uh, If it's an up and down to California, up and down to Salt Lake, Phoenix, whatever it may be, like, no, I can make do. I'm good. Like Southwest, like they're not going back more than three inches anyways. Like, who does it care? But I am not like, uh, excuse me, sir, ma'am, can you please not recline your seat? You're in my own area. Like, no, you paid for your seat. Like you can do whatever the hell you want with your own seat. I don't care. So go on and recline. Yeah, that's not a bad rule of thumb kind of going off of that. But if it, like I, uh... I said, like if it's, if it's five hours, even even during the day. Like, I'm sorry, but if it's five, six hours, I'm sorry, but I'm getting comfortable. Couldn't you make the argument, though, that if it's only a two-hour flight, like, you can take somebody reclining back, too? Like, oh, it's only a two-hour flight. Like, 100%. 100%. I just don't need to recline my seat if I don't 
want to, right? Yeah. Like, but yeah, don't. I'm not going to get mad at the person in front of me for reclining at all. Like, well, let's because I, dude, I got I got yelled at. I got yelled at one time. We were literally going, yeah, yeah by this lady that was sitting behind me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm I'm not a short guy, right? Like, yeah. In fact, for context, you're six five. A solid as six much five. as I, and I'm also very. I'm all torso, right? Like I have a 33 inch inseam, like very short legs for a guy that's six five. That's crazy. Okay. Wait, yeah, yeah, wait, hold on. You're an alien. You didn't know that? I had no I'm idea. No, I'm a swimmer. Okay, Michael Phelps wears 32 inch, and in, he has a 32 inch inseam, 33 oh, somewhere crazy, in there. Man. He's same, same. Yeah, but he's six six. He's all torso. You look at swimmers. All swimmers yeah, are long torsos. torsos big sorry, swimmers don't have long torsos. That's actually a good point. So wait, yeah. you don't even really. Do you need to recline a whole lot? Is that is reclining no. a leg space thing, or is that a torso thing? It's more of a torso thing, in my opinion, just so you're sitting in a better like position. Like I don't, yeah, I don't want to be sitting straight up and down. Like my back kills me very, like very quickly. It does help like your that. legs kind of extend a little bit more too. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but no, I was. We were. Wait, li- so I think we were flying to Riverside. So we're flying to Riverside, which forty-five minute flight, like up and down, right? But I sat down in a Southwest flight and I reclined it. Like, I'm sorry. And this was probably, dude, 12, 15 years ago, easily. But I leaned back and she's like, excuse me, can you please move your seat up? And I go, no way. What? I go, what? She goes, uh, I don't have any room back here. I go, we're on a South, like, and I just didn't even say anything because it was an older lady. I was just like, okay, whatever. So I immediately pulled my seat up. I was like, I'm not even dealing with this. My dad leaned over and goes, you can do whatever you want. You recline your seat if you want. I go, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, not, even, I'm not even dealing with it. I was like, it's literally a 45-minute flight. Who cares? Because that, that's just the way I am. Like, I don't care. People want to be mad, mad at the world. Like, by all means, go ahead. I don't care. Um, but yeah. And this lady was all of 5'5"? Five, five, oh, guessing? yeah. Well, like, I mean, she, probably, she was probably her mid-50s. She had some gray hair, but like, yeah, like lady, you're on Southwest. Sorry. They, they stuff you in like sardines. Southwest is the high end, low end, the high end of the low end, right? Like Southwest frontier spirit. Like those are definitely like all in the same category, but Southwest is by far the nicest. Why do I feel like Southwest is kind of expensive to fly though? Uh, Really not. No. I mean, you can get those, dude, those want to get away tickets or money. Oh, those are I've like a hundred bucks. I've, I've, flown, I've flown Southwest, up. believe it or not. You live in Salt Lake and you've never flown Southwest? Yeah. Man, we got to get you out more. I mean, I don't think that's the issue, but maybe. Regardless, whatever. Interesting reclining in an airplane. I, I, I don't know where I fall on that. I think I'm, I'm pro-reclining because you're kind of like, listen, we're all uncomfortable. If someone – here's the way I look at it. If someone reclines back – on me, I'm like, yeah, this sucks, but it's their seat. Right. Well, and see, my, my thing is like, if you recline, that means I can use your seat as a headrest because it's closer now. <laughs> uh, wait, do you put your head at the top of their seat? Yes. Just on the back. Wow. So like, I'll just that like lean like there. the reach, man. I feel like it's interesting. Not when you're all torso, dude. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> really good point. So you're... A 33-inch inseam, but mm-hmm. a 
five inch torso. No, this includes your head. So let's see. Yeah. No, I'm no, probably, it's, hold, on, hold on. You are seventy. I think seventy-seven inches, roughly. So if your inseam is thirty-three, your torso is going to be. Yeah, your torso is going to be like. I don't know. Forty-four. Well, no, it's not because it's not. That's just your torso, not your head. But anyway. Oh yeah. All right. I'm but sure yes, the I am half and half. I am half and half. Wow. How about yeah. that? That's pretty wild. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you've got. Let, we'll we'll cover what what Charles Barkley said at, during the All Star game in a second. But you got back to the mound, dude, on Saturday. You're back in, and Coach, Coach Harper is back back in his office and uh, back on the mound. I. Uh, so we had an inner squad. We were supposed to have a game against a, a, a scrimmage game against another team here in town. And uh, we ended up rescheduling because we were supposed to have rain and terrible weather on Saturday. We ended up scrimmaging, getting through it. Some of the guys that I had pitching didn't are through too many pitches in their first inning, and we I wanted the bottom of the half, bottom half of the sixth inning to be thrown. And I'm sitting there probably in like the fifth inning, and I'm like, maybe I do want to throw today. I was like, I was just, I just randomly have these thoughts sometimes. Like if I want to get back on the mound and I'll do, I'll do it every so often in the bullpen. Um, but just to like screw around, do things. Cause I miss it. Right. Like I don't miss the grind of it, but I miss playing the game obviously. Um, but yeah, the guy that threw the bottom half of the fifth inning threw too many pitches. And I was like, okay, well I'm going to throw the bottom of the six. So I had, uh, one of the older brothers of, of a current player, go up to our coach's office, press box area, grab my glove, bring it back down, start warming up on the mound. I threw like all of five or six, uh, just fastballs, just playing catch. And then through, you know, normal eight pitches. So I, I had 13 <laughs> and I think about this cause I've done this before, even a pro ball too. When I would have, I wouldn't throw all day long until they called my name to go get hot. And that's, that would be my first time throwing that day. And those outings always went pretty decent. Um, but the fact that I haven't thrown my breaking ball in probably, or yeah, in three years since September of 2019. Right? And explain to everyone what a breaking ball is. So I throw a slider, right? There's sliders and curveballs, right? So I those throw a slider. Balls. Those are breaking balls, yeah. Because it breaks um, its direction, essentially. I don't know if yes, that's why they call exactly. it that, but yeah, it just change, like it, it goes from one direction to another, breaking. Yeah, it's more of a yeah, it's just a breaker. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, but just baseball terminology. Um, but normally, like the last thing to be developed is a breaking ball, right? Even when you haven't thrown it in forever, like you, it takes time to be able to throw it again. Yeah. Uh, long story short, ended up getting. Facing three hitters, comebacker, and then two punchies with my slider. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Comebacker and two punches. A two strikeouts. A comebacker. The the hitter hit the, hit the ball back to me, so I threw oh, it to nice. first base. Uh, one scoring scoring at home. A one three put out, uh, and then struck out the next two guys. <laughs> is this a is this another rookie situation we have going for us? Are you gonna Are you gonna? I, be like, I don't know, man. It felt good though. I. I was just so surprised at how good mechanically I felt and everything like that. But You're the next I walked Dennis off the mound. There's going to be a Disney movie on you, dude. 
Ooh, maybe, maybe we'll have to, maybe we'll have to submit to Disney, see what, see what we can do. Um, but no, I walk back into the dugout and I'm like, my arm's killing me already. And I'm just like, man, I'm going to be so sore tomorrow. And sure enough, yesterday and even today, dude, my forearm, my, uh, my shoulder, my lat like area, all the, all the quote unquote trigger points that they like to call it. So you have your, you know, your scap and things like that. I'm just like, oh, but such (laughs) good soreness and I missed it so, so much at the same time. But, uh. No, it was it was fun to be back on the mound. So I I want to start throwing batting practice. So I actually need to start probably throwing more often, um, just so because we have nothing but right-handed coaches, and I want to be able to give our hitters um, some oh, left-handed for sure. batting yeah, practice. Yeah, that sounds like a good so, idea. Yeah. How, so. What's your fastest just, ball, by the way? The hardest I threw was ninety-four. I topped out ninety-four, but I like every year I'd be. Th- I'd sit 90, 91, like that was my normal, mm-hmm. you know, velo that I had. And then I had a spike right before I blew out and it was, I was up to, I was sitting like 92 and 93 and then touching fours. And I was like, yeah, this That's makes funny, pitching dude. much easier. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was fun. It was fun to be back on the mound. It really was. So I might, I might have to get out there and do it again here soon. So my dad, uh, I told my dad and he goes, That's good. He's like, I, he's like, you, you know, learning from some of these coaches, like, you know, they didn't know how to play. He's like, but at least, you know, you got out there, you proved that, you know, you can still do it and things like that. He's like that. He's like, I think that's good for the kids to be able to see. He's like, you know, you're not just blowing smoke and you're like, Oh yeah, I was good. Be like, I mean, they Actually, can, yeah. they can, they can look that. me up all they want. They, they, they can see stats. I don't care. So, um, no, I stand sure. by all my stuff. So, but no, it was, it was fun. So might definitely have to get back out there and, and do it again. So, no, that's good, dude. I dig it. Yeah, keep us posted on yeah. that, man. I will. Um, so I left right before the Saturday night, like, all-star stuff. Mm-hmm. And I missed the dunk contest while I was on my plane and three-point contest, all that stuff. Mac McClung apparently is, like, a human highlight reel. Almost went to okay, BYU, is that... by the way. Transferred. Uh, he transferred. He ended up picking Texas Tech, but BYU was on a short list. He's also a guy that's in the G League, Correct. Yeah, but he got like a 10-day contract, I think. That's crazy. That's okay, why he was able to participate in the dunk contest. Anyway, that's a little side note. But during the festivities, apparently Chuck had a comment on Utah. Charles Barkley said, Utah is boring, and it made me think. Now, that's interesting because for someone like him, I could see that being the case. Shaq basically corroborated that and said the same thing. So it made me think from an outsider's perspective, someone like you, is Utah boring? Okay, so if I was playing, okay, if I was not active, right? So this put be be in the shoes of a non-member, an athlete, right? Like put yourself in their shoes, okay? Would you rather go to a city that is in a state of that everything closes down at a certain time, right? Minimal places to be consuming uh, adult beverages, okay, and the nightlife, okay. Or would you rather go to a place like New York, L.A., Vegas, Miami, Phoenix, Dallas, right? Like all of these other places that you can go that are like legit nightlife. Like St. Louis doesn't have a nightlife. Like people say the same thing like – 
when 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 teams go into St. Louis, they know that there's nothing really to do after those games, right? But you go to San Diego, you go to L.A., right? Like those places, you definitely want to go out and hang out. New York, right? So it, yeah. I I get where Chuck's saying that from. For me, it's not boring because every time I go up there, I have something to do, and I know what I want to do. It's golf, lake, mountain, like which there's you something think, like, that I want to do. But you can't golf, right? Obviously. But it, it, you can't you can't golf right now. It's yeah, ice cold. You know what I mean? Like I I get where he's coming from, but at least he didn't insult the women like he does with San Antonio. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, there's not much to insult there, honestly. I, do, I mean, I may be biased, but I feel like Utah is loaded with very attractive people, specifically women. But um, yeah, so I guess I can't. I'm not the best to comment on this because I don't freaking like. I don't understand the appeal of that nightlife they're talking about. Like, I, is Chuck a guy that honestly goes clubbing, goes to the club and just hangs out in a corner and like has bottle service? Like, maybe, but that sounds so freaking boring to me. And that's why I can't comment on it because it's not boring to them. So I'm not just going to sit there and say, what do they right. know? They don't know what fun is. Like, that's fun to them. So, okay, whatever, have that. But this yeah. kind of no. is, is a little bit of a preview of something I want to talk about. In fact, you know what? I'm going to move this. I was going to put this towards the end. But I got, a, I got an excerpt of a podcast that I came across last week, actually, that I want to play for you um, <laughs> because I think it brings on an interesting topic of conversation you ready for it yep okay let me make sure i'm ready why not frank i hate it when it does this okay playing now hold on no not yet N now she wants to be your wife too yeah, of course but she's she not gonna to go she's... to the club she wants to do her makeup no she's not gonna she want to go to the club she's not yeah, gonna want to go to clubs. no because here's the thing that's a non-negotiable for me in marriage okay, well, then, if, if i find if i find luck. a woman if there's plenty of women out good there luck. that don't want to go to clubs all the time okay well there's plenty of women out there that don't want to go to clubs girl. in tiny little dresses and get hit on by guys all the time if okay so I saw that and it was kind of funny. Like he was freaking ticking these girls off. It was like some weird sec. Like it's from weird podcast where like these male and these females get together and they talk about like topics that are, they're going to disagree on obviously. And this was just one of the many, but this was a little excerpt that came out and he's like, no, like my wife isn't going to be the one that goes clubbing. Like that's not who I'm going to marry. She's not going to go into tiny dresses, get like wear tiny dresses, get hit on by guys all that stuff. And I thought, I was looking at that and I'm like, that's an interesting topic conversation because I can relate to this dude. Like, mm -hmm. and, and here's the thing. I'm, this is not my critique of being like, oh, these girls, like, I don't want to marry them. With that said, they don't want to marry me. So it's kind of this nice mutual non-relationship that we have. And I kind of wanted to throw this your way. Like, could you marry a girl? And this is especially a guy coming from Vegas where the nightlife is huge. Like, you know, a lot of people that go there just for the nightlife. Could you marry a girl that is all about the club life, you know, putting on the special dress, going to going to club and partying? And this is going to get me in trouble. I know this. It seems a little contradictory to me being a member of the church and wanting to go do that. Like, I, I, and, and by all means, if anybody that's hearing this that disagrees vehemently, I want to know, where am I wrong? Because I could be, and I'm willing to accept that. But let's talk about this because... I don't understand the appeal at all because it is it is engaging in a lot of debauchery openly. 
It's yeah. not an environment that I want to be in at all. What do you think? I've done the clubbing, done the drinking, I've done it all. I'm over it. I couldn't. No, I, to answer your question, no, I couldn't. Because it, the person I am now doesn't line up with that. So, and plus, I was never in. I was never really, never really into the club scene. I was rather just go to a dive bar and do it that way. Like that's that was more fun for me. I went to. I've been to a handful of clubs, but it's it's like, dude, like I'm, I can't, I can't do it. And I don't get people that do it like nonstop stuff. And I'm just like, ugh. So. um yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm really curious. It, 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 you you definitely have to have two people that line up with that stuff, right? Just like anything else, you know what I For mean? For sure. Like, yeah, yeah. So like, by I, all I means, like if you want to go out, like yeah, let's go out, but let's go out to a nice dinner and you know maybe mm-hmm. go find somewhere we can go and dance. I don't like. It's just like I don't, I don't get the the going on the club and just raging like techno lights all that i'm just like yeah you know it, it okay let me let me ask you this do you have any like djs or something of that like genre that you would actually want to go see them perform um like a tiesto like a steve like, aoki like, or you know a little john was, or you know by the way do you know steve aoki's dad is like started benihana Really, and his his like half sister is like a famous actress. Like the family is like crazy successful. But anyway, um, yeah, like Steve Aoki, that has a little bit more purpose to me. I guess the ultimate question is, what's the reward for going out and clubbing for anyone? This isn't just limited to girls that I wouldn't want to marry. This is anyone, right. any guys that any guy friends of mine that like doing it. Like, um, I, I don't I don't understand what the reward is. If you're going to see a DJ, that holds a little bit more substance in terms of the reward, right? Because you're going to see someone perform. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only way I would probably go back out. But, like, again, I I don't need to. You know what I mean? I I don't have any DJ's desire. Like, I don't have any desires to go and see that at all. Is it just an excuse to, like, go up to random people and, like, dance with them and, like, get to know them? And, like, I don't know. Dude, you can't talk in there. You literally can't because the music is so loud. Do a lot of people are just like, is their goal to get like super turnt <laughs> for Maybe. lack of a better word? I mean, it. the only way I would go back down there is if my buddy was having a bachelor party or something like that. And all my friends are married besides you. Yeah. And me. <laughs> We've got a handful. There's a handful of us. Going to yeah, be purchasing right. going to Lake Powell later this year. But anyway. Um, hey Okay. Well, let's <laughs> let's uh let's uh venture on into to new new territory. Let's uh have you have, did you see Sam Smith's outfit at the Grammys, dude? Uh the black trash bag that dude, he looked like Missy Elliott. I Please tell me you know this reference. I don't not I can't think of it. Missy Elliott has a music video and I'm going to find it and I can't remember I've got to find it now. Um but yeah, Missy Elliott has a music video where she is dressed up in the ex- basically the exact same thing. And this was when Missy was was bigger, right? But basically just this big black trash bag. And that's what he reminded me of, dude. Like, 
absurd. So I couldn't help but think, and this is a little bit of what his face looked like to me, because for those that don't know what we're talking about, like somebody made some meme about like him walking around. Cause what it is, is like his arms and his legs are blown up to like balloons. Like they're like these balloons that he's walking with. And he looks like a freaking moron. And somebody made the reference. Like that's like me when I'm robbing a dollar store or something like that. <laughs> like, I can't believe, I can't remember what the meme actually said, but um, I couldn't help but looking at his face. I, I felt like I was watching Arrested Development, Tobias <laughs> specifically, when he shows up because he's getting into involved in the Blue Man stuff, right. and he thinks he has a gig to appear to a Blue Man group where it's like feeling blue, and it turns out – so he thinks it's a Blue Man group thing, and it turns out that it's actually a depressed men's group, <laughs> and, he, and he shows up at the oh, end, geez. and he – he goes up to the podium and he's got he's covered in all blue and he's like, "Well, I feel like a fucking idiot." <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that was Sam Smith, where he's like, "This seemed like a good idea at the time, but now that I find myself in the spotlight and I'm walking around and it's hard to walk, I feel like a freaking idiot." Like that's what I couldn't. Yeah. That's that, that's honestly kind of what Sam Smith's face looked like. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So the music video is Missy Elliott. The Rain, Super Duper Fly, official music video. Uh, here is the screenshot. I'm about to send it to you just so you can see it. Yeah, I got to see this. <laughs> I mean, it's literally spot on, bro. Like, literally spot on. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Super duper fly. I can't stand the rain. That one, yeah. But I'm surprised there haven't been side by side comparisons of that. Sam Smith. Oh my gosh, that's because they people don't know me. People. It's funny. Like the Hunger Games predicted this. Like with with how the capital the people dressed. Like oh yeah, we saw this, and 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 it's like we saw the same movie. And the people that are already like famous or getting famous, like Sam Smith and everything, they looked at it like we looked at it like, oh gosh, these people are so full of themselves. These people are so out of touch with reality. And then all the famous people looked at it and like, ooh, that's a good idea. I should dress like that. And you're like, what in the world? What world? How are we living in the same world? How are we citizens of the same country? This is insane. But whatever. Here we are. All right. He's not a citizen so, of America, man. Yeah, good point. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's what it is. He's it's a shame, too, because Sam Smith really does have an incredible voice, but the man has sold his soul. I think that's pretty evident now. Um, speaking of selling your soul, uh, has the church sold its soul? <laughs> We're going to do a little preview on this. I actually want to touch on this a quite a bit more um, because it's a, it's a topic that deserves a lot more attention from us, I think, being the podcast that we are. Yes. The problem is neither of us are like finance guys. And I actually did reach out to one of my buddies who is a wealth management advisor, and he manages big accounts. He's he's uh, he's really good at what he does. Um, and I said, is there anything you, you maybe you could feel like you could address? And I loved his approach here. He said, I want to respect your podcast. Let me look into it for a day to see like if I feel like there's things that I can comment on just by my profession. Um, and then I'll get back to you. And he got back to me, and he's like, you know what? I don't feel the most qualified. 
and I told I loved that. I was like that that's awesome because I wouldn't want anybody coming on here just kind of blowing smoke for anybody, right? That'd be worthless and invaluable to anything. But um, he gave me some resources, and some of them I've kind of uh, dived into at this point. Not full force yet, but I'll look into it when we circle back and talk about it a little bit more because I think we'll kind of tuck it into the spiritual segment part of the podcast, kind of put them right next to each other because it is interesting. My, I'll tell you right now, my first thought in all this is I look at this and people are like, oh my gosh, the church isn't showing their finances because they have billions on billions of dollars. And I'm sitting here going like, awesome. All for it. I, 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 my, in other words, the church is taking my tithing money and turning it into more money. Uh, what problem do I have with that? None. Because the way I see it is the church is an investment. I'm investing in Zion right now. Yeah. And I'm saying, hey, I helped prop this place up, quite frankly. So can I get my little, uh, my little section here maybe? I don't know how this works. But yeah. I believe in this and I'm all for it. Please let me in. And I hope it's going to take a little bit more than just that to get into Zion, right? But that's a good start. And I'm willing to start there with everybody else. I don't see the problem. And I, and I think it's so funny to like hear these critics be like, what do y'all think? Huh? This is a problem. Like they're not being transparent with their finances. And it's like, guess what? The, the, the members that are like highly immersed in the church don't care. Yeah. For the most part that I'm sure there are exceptions. So I don't mean to like broadly categorize everybody, but like everybody I've talked to is like, cool. Yeah, good. I love it. All for it. I think my biggest thing is like, I can, I can see my tithing dollars at work, right? Like coming from the real estate side, right? How many, there's the biggest thing is like, you want to invest in something, invest in land, right? Yeah. Invest in it, have it, right? The fact that the church has so much land that actually has structures on top of them with the temples, the buildings, X, Y, Z, right? Like the owning of the areas around the temple, dude, the, the new temple being built out at Lone Mountain, right? They had to buy the, I think it was 18 acres, right? They were going to, they only wanted like 12, I think it was, right? But the guy that was selling the parcels, but I think his name was Templeman, by the way, which is very, oh, love that. very cool. Yeah. Which that. is kind of weird. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think that's what it was because I was actually talking maybe to one of my Temple buddies Tun. about it. Maybe, maybe it was. That's a, that's um, but he goes, no, if you want to buy it, like you got to buy the whole thing. So now the church has 18 acres, right? That they're not only going to build a temple on top of, but also a new chapel. And supposedly they're going to be doing uh, housing in the area as well for the temple workers coming in, being able to be serve temple missions type thing in, in the States. Love it. Yeah. Love and it. I'm like, okay, perfect. Right. Like I, dude, I do not care. Right. Do I want to do, would I like a little bit more transparency on, you know, what, what they used this year? Right. Like, okay. Uh, we did, we did X amount of temples. We did X amount of, of, uh, relief efforts. We did X amount of, I was going to say the relief efforts makes the most sense to me because that would start to silence some of their critics. And I would like to see that. I would love to see like, Oh, you pay tithing because I mean, like we mentioned on the podcast, I don't know if it was the last one or the one before, but starvation has essentially been eradicated. People still die of starvation, but not en masse if it's not due to government tyranny yeah. and like withholding and like political reasons and all that stuff. People don't die of starvation anymore. 
And I would imagine the church has a lot to do with that because, in fact, I have a rant that I'm going to get to here in a second. But I liked your point where it's like, yeah, buy land. It's a good investment. But it's also it's two sided. Not only is it a good investment to have because land always increases in value for the most part, right, over time, Mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. But the other side of that is so we own land from the government that is ours as a church that if we need a safe refuge, we have it. Yep. Hundred percent, and that and that's that's what it, it all comes down to, right? Like, does everybody that is a member of church, of the church, own their home, own the land that it sits on? No, a lot no. of people rent. A lot of people, you know, are living in in you know dwellings with with other family members, right? Yeah. Like, it happens, right? Like, you you own your townhome, right? But do you own the land that it sits on? Yeah, and like, and you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just it's. Yeah, so 100%. It's a refuge, right? We're building up Zion. We're able to provide for mass amount of people in any given area. Yep. And exactly. it's not going to be infringed because that is our area. We it's own it as land. a member of the church, as as an as an investor, right? As an investor. Quote That's what, yeah, I kind of look at it as that. Like, we're all investors in this. Yeah, because we're, we, like, exactly. We believe in the church's mission. We mm-hmm. do. That's why we pay tithing, because we believe this is all for good things. This is all going to come to fruition, not just for us, but for plenty of other people too. Anyway, here's my rant. I wrote this down while I was in Costa Rica because this is when a lot of the story broke. This is, uh, this may take me a little bit to get through, but this is what I wrote down. So, a religion has people pay a willing tithe. Granted, that tithe is a key component to how one may be considered worthy from a personal perspective as well as a church perspective. With that money, the church decides to build up its infrastructure and support those members with the funds they receive from its members. Over time, this church was able to stabilize its infrastructure by keeping it on a consistent upward trajectory and expand what it can do to help not only its own members, but other people who aren't affiliated with the church around the world. And then furthermore, it started to accrue more than needed to succeed in the aforementioned points. So then this church decides to invest its wealth so that it may be compounded and continue to grow while in a savings account in order to prepare for whatever circumstances may be needed in an emergency. And now the government and other critics are saying this money that you have willfully received from your members needs to be accounted for in specific ways that we tell you to demonstrate. And if not, we'll fine you. And the main critique of these actions is that the church could do more with this money than they're doing right now. They're essentially being selfish by saving and investing their money. While in the meantime, starvation has essentially been eradicated, a point I made before, obviously, many times. Whenever natural disasters strike anywhere, the church is among the first, if not the first, to send resources and recruit its own people to help serve in the affected areas. Water wells are being built all throughout Africa to villages where there previously hasn't been water for years or even at all. But here we are complaining that the church isn't doing enough, that for some reason they'd only be satisfied is if this nonprofit organization didn't actually have any profits or money at all. I was I was on one, man. I just don't get it. It's their freaking money. It's the church's money. It's our money as members. This is we're all part We give of it. it willingly. We give it willingly and also obviously it's not that the church is they're not giving us checks. They're not they're not like giving us stipend. They're not saying, "Oh, since you paid tithing, here's here's your return." No, yeah. it's a different form of investment, right? And I'm more than willing to give give that up. I, I this whole and even the, I, I don't even necessarily need more transparency. Maybe call me. A I don't either. I don't either. I'm just saying if there's something that that could be done that I would I wouldn't mind. I 100 percent would like a little bit of transparency. That's it. I yeah. I don't need that though. It's not like oh I'm not giving I'm not paying my tithing this year or this month because I don't have transparency on what's going on. Right. Yeah. 
If anything, there needs to be transparency on the government side because there's so many other X, you know, X, Y, Z of these ridiculous things that, that the government is using our taxpayer dollars for. What are we doing? Dude, that's, right? a, that's actually a great point. Like, it's like, why aren't they held more accountable? Why doesn't the government hold themselves to the same standard that apparently they hold these organizations? Because they're crooks. They're crooks. We're doing it for our benefit, right? They're not getting their cut, right? Anybody, anybody that can avoid paying taxes will do it. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Joe Blow off the, off the corner of the street, right? Nobody wants to pay taxes. I don't care what anybody says. And I will, I will lump in with everybody. You're telling me that you wouldn't want your you know, 30% uh, back in your pocket yeah. for paying taxes? I would. Yeah. I'd want to keep 30% of my, my money instead of going to the government that I don't know what they're using it for. Yeah. And, you, and you'd, be, you'd be mentally insane to say that you would, oh, no, I'm going to give my 30%. To the government. It's hard to disagree. That's just my opinion. Like, I do understand that, like, a lot of people still will be, say, like, we need to support, like, certain... The problem is, is that, like, you and I are more... But let me pick now. that. Yeah, let exactly. me give my money to the church that it's I know that, that they're going to use it for. And don't believe I'm that not other at all can't be supported by the help of, like, a communal fund, right? Right. The problem is, we don't... We, we've got... We've had it with the government. Like, yeah. we believe that I, there I are... Tr- people, like, I trust the church to do that. By communities... But we just don't believe that the government is capable of doing that anymore competently. Hundred percent. So government services. If, it's a. It's if a if funny, I could pick, um, if I could pick on who I was going to give my money to for the thir- let's just say thirty uh, percent, okay, which I don't agree with it being that high. Anyways, it should be ten across the board. But that's another conversation to be had. Uh, if I could pick where I was going to give it to, I'd give thirty percent to the church. Any day of the week. Dude, that's As actually a great government test for where people stand in the church. In fact, that's interesting. If you had to give taxes to an organization, who would you rather give it to, the church or the government? And I would love to hear from people that have an issue with the church not being transparent about their funds. Where would they rather put their money? Would they really rather give it to the government? Because that is wild to think about. Yeah. And I think I think you've got you brought up a great point there, man. Because, yeah, that's... <laughs> Uh, you got me thinking because yeah it's like in fact i'm gonna start asking girls that on dates you say so just just how you feel about taxes just want to know like if you if you could choose the 30 percent that you had to pay in taxes if you give it to the church or the government which one you choose if they say government this date is over and if you'd like to split the check i'm down um let's go dutch Uh, I love it. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know. Do you, by the way, do you know what the fine came down to? You probably do. Have you heard? Four, it was four million dollars from the LSC, yeah. and the the church paid a million. Yeah. So let's to get them to get the government off their back. So essentially, there you go. Was, Here's five. Well, so this is what it was. From what I understand, from what I gathered, is the church established these shell companies. They got bad information from a consulting firm, which is why that LSC, mm-hmm. that consulting firm that you mentioned, had to pay. 80% of the fine. Yeah. Because even the government was like, yeah, yeah, okay, clearly, like, there was some miscommunication there. You guys thought you could do something you didn't have to do. And all the church was saying was, listen, if we don't have to tell everybody what we do with every single dime that we spend in the church, we'd rather not. And that makes sense because you've got a lot of bad actors that are just going to scrutinize every move no matter what. No matter, no matter what. what. 
And yeah. guess what? We live in an imperfect world. So even organizations that the church does prop up in the name of doing good things may have some cracks in them. And if somebody discovers that, they'll say, oh, guess what? The church donated to this organization, and it ended up being part of a bigger scam, whatever, whatever. They didn't do it. It's like you, can, you can't win in that situation. So I understand yeah. the church saying, maybe we don't want to tell everybody where every single dime goes. How do we get around that? This consulting firm comes in and says, well, you can establish these shell companies, and you could put money in these companies or whatever they are. I don't even know if they call it, it out, diversify type say, thing. That, that's what it seemed like to me at least. And it was to say, if you can then say, we don't have $30 billion as a church, we have, you know, within these individual companies, they add up to 30 billion. But since those companies or whatever they're called are lower than a certain threshold, you don't have to report it anymore. That was the bad consulting, which is why the SEC says, okay, clearly you got some bad advice here. $5 million for, by the way, a multi-billion dollar asset organization and the, yeah. the fine is $5 million. That should tell you right there that even the SEC was like, this is really a big non-issue, a big nothing burger. So just pay the $5 million, We're good. Oh, by the way, you don't even have to pay the $5 million. You should probably get most of that from the people that you got the bad information from because we understand that this happens and whatever. It is what it is. Let's move on. Exactly. So it just goes to show this whole thing is r- ridiculous. But it's low-hanging fruit for the critics. It's low-hanging fruit for everybody that's looking for an excuse to say, I have issues with the church, and I'd rather do live my life the way I want to live it as opposed to the way the church structure tells me I should live it. So here we go. Exactly. Which is sad, and it's terrible, but that's, that's the world we're living in. Yep. No doubt. Ugh. All right, man. Well, we, we, uh, we covered all the topics we wanted to talk about, but we do have one more segment we've got to mention. Because this actually turned one, out to be a one fairly more, two more. Because I, I, we, we got to do at least one spiritual thought. Oh, you we'll know, get there. I can, that's I, can, I can do mine. Sorry, oh, okay. no, sorry. Gotcha. That's the end. That's a closing segment. Okay. We'll get All to right, that good. for sure. But uh, this was this uh, this got pretty good, man. Uh, people get people love the feedback about the segment that we're going to do now. Which I don't know if we'll do it every podcast, but we'll do it a lot. People we can't be friends with. What do you got? Do you want to go or? Well, I've got I've got two on the list. And so you, you have one. You do one. I'll do one, and then you do your other one. All right. Uh, the one that I want to start with is the non-quarter guys. I don't even know what this means. And what I what I say when I when I say non-quarter guys, okay. All of my friends, okay, regardless of their repertoire, okay quote things okay whether it's movies or tv shows okay they grab quotes to apply to a life scenario okay and they use those quotes as their own you know saying within that within that situation okay you have seinfeld right i don't have seinfeld right but i have ridiculous obscure movies like my cousin vinny blazing saddles uh tombstone like i use old movies i use new movies right uh that's what she said jokes right that's a go-to okay shout out the office michael scott okay. i have got the office too in my lexicon like that yeah is in so there's things there's okay. things that me and you line up with there's things that me and john line up with john's a very a very very good quoter oh, i will john. i will i will go down i will go down fighting and say that i am better than john any day of the week <laughs> And he will do the exact same. John's Casey library. loves to push my buttons saying that John's better than I am. I go, no, he's not. 
You love to push my buttons, say that John's better than me. No, he's not. <laughs> People just like to push my buttons to get me fired up. Yeah. However, yeah, that's all if is. you don't quote anything, right, or you're just so just out of the, like, me being able to use my humor of the shows and, and movies that I've seen, I'm sorry, but we can't be friends. <laughs> it sounds like you can't be friends with most doctors then. And the reason why is because apparently doctors are too busy to take in all this stuff because of the trip I was just on in Costa Rica was with two doctors. And no joke, I was saying that. I was like, oh, dude, it's like when this happened in this show or this movie. And these guys, even though they understood it, they were all, one of them pointed out, they're like, man, you got just a wealth of information of movies and stuff like that. And I was like, well, you guys are spending all your time fixing people. I'm just learning social commentary. That's all. But they don't have well, time to live like us, man. That's all it is. I, I There's something with my brain that when I watch something, the one time I'm going to be able to grab a couple things that they say, it's the second and third time that I start locking in. I'm like, okay, well, that's absolutely hilarious. So I got to like save that. And I just have this storage of information. Like my buddy Clay he, here in town, he goes, I don't get how your brain works like that. He's like, literally, you any situation we're in, you pull movie quotes or TV show quotes. I go, I don't know. But he does the exact same thing, but he does rap songs. I'll say something, and he'll go and, and finish a line in a rap song. And I go, what? <laughs> and he goes, this song, da-da-da, by, by so-and-so. And I go, okay. Like, <laughs> but I, I appreciate that, right? Like, dude, you're still quoting something, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you're giving like me something. Yes, like you're pulling your old experiences into what's going on currently. And I absolutely love it. So, well, there is value there, right? The reason yeah. why we do that is to form relationships where it's like, oh, we're obviously not the first people to have experienced this. So, right. Like, but like, that's why pe people have mentioned this before and it's manifested itself before in the office or Seinfeld, right? Seinfeld is so unbelievable, relatable, especially when it comes to dating. But, all right. So, mine, I decided, and this is an easy one. In fact, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that listens to this podcast that would disagree with this one. So I'm curious what everybody thinks. We're in Costa Rica, and apparently Europeans love to travel to Costa Rica. Well, when you're on the beach, guess what male Europeans are all about? Speedos. They're all about the Speedo, man. They're all about the Speedo. And I decided right then and there, an unironic use of the Speedo by a man is a man I will never be friends with. <laughs> if you're doing it as a joke... Or for sports, swimming, diving, totally get it. But even if you're a swimmer or a diver, even if you did it at the college level, Olympic level, and you show up to a pool or to a beach without trying to make some funny joke about it in a Speedo, our friendship ceiling has had been hit, and we will <laughs> amen to anything that we can build off of from there. Amen. It's just... I. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to our friendship. It's done. Well, no, the friendship's not over. We're just not going to be better friends than what we've accumulated to that point. And right. I will then look at you forever as the guy that loves to wear Speedos. And what's funny is that that's, speaking of making, pulling from other sources, uh, Click kind of makes yeah. that joke, right? Because the guy that Adam Sandler's wife marries is Rudy, by the way, Sean Astin. 
And he, like, always wears a Speedo because he's the swim coach <laughs> for, the, for the boy. And, like, even when they're at the reception, he pauses it and pulls down his pants and he's still got a Speedo. <laughs> Just has it on him all the time. Anyway, yeah. obviously that's an extreme version of that. But that's my point is that yeah. if you're a Speedo guy, I'm not your guy. That's it. All right, I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna start wearing speedos all the time, just for you. All right, it's been nice knowing you, brother. Find out. I'll have to find a new co-host. <laughs> okay. Hear me out, though. Okay. Wearing, wearing something underneath board shorts, swim shorts. Is it just compression shorts, or are speedos acceptable there to keep everything together? No, I don't, speedos are like. Why? Why do you need that in a swim in a swimsuit? So I well, they board, have board, they I get the board shorts. Here's the thing. I say no for this reason. You can use compression shorts. Totally, totally acceptable. And this is where people are like, "Oh, come on! If you're going to accept compression shorts, why not speedos?" It's like, well, for one, if you're going to die on the speedo hill, then I already know the type of person you are. So there's that, but. <laughs> If there's a chance that your board shorts ride so low that on the side, on the on your hip, where you're able to see the top of the Speedo and then also some skin and then the board short because it's riding low, freaking gross, dude. That's freaking gross. So no, no. I'm talking about the bottom half because sh- board shorts are a lot, lot shorter than what they used to be, right? Like, What do you, what do you mean? Riding up. Okay. Right, things, oh, where you can see sliding. Yes. Well, yeah, but seeing things, seeing compression shorts underneath that is fine. I think that's fair. Right. So, I wear a speedo underneath my compression underneath my board shorts. You wear a speedo underneath your board shorts? Yes, because I don't like. They normally have the mesh thing underneath. It like inside the like swim trunks, right? That you know the mesh lining. I uh, cut that out and I wear a speedo underneath. A full on speedo, like, not compression shorts. No, because the compression shorts are too long compared to what the board short is. This is this change. I don't. I don't take them off. I, the, I don't take them off unless I want to be ironic and actually have it on. Well, okay, that that button. That's funny. That's making that's what I'm funny. saying. Okay, right? well, now that, it's, now based, it's just underwear. That's all it is. But it, it's a. It's a technically. It's it's made by Speedo, right? We're talking. We're talking a water brief. Okay. Okay. Okay, our friendship hinges on this. the answer of this next question. Do your board shorts ever ride so low that you're showing skin underneath the Speedo on your hip in between the top of your board shorts and the, the Speedo underneath? Okay, wait, I'm confused on this because it's like you have, you have your board short liner, right? Well, you you're saying like in between, in between like the, the, the edge of the Speedo and then their skin here and then... Yeah, because your shorts are riding no. so low. No. All right, then we're good. Okay, I'll give you a pass. <laughs> well, the the speedo is is an inch thick on the hip, anyways. Is it that long? Okay. I mean, yeah. I I figured it. I'm not wearing better. a thong. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how these things work. Yeah, obviously. I'm no, I just I just like things being together. Wow, that was that's all. That was a scary moment for our friendship, man. Glad we got through that. Glad others could witness that as well. Okay, but I do not. I do not just rock a speedo just to rock it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm not that guy. Out, I'm, I'm not the European guy. Okay. Uh, 
So, last one of the people we can't be friends with for mine. Tommy Toppers. Do you know who Tommy Topper is? I have no clue, actually. Okay. So you, you tell a story about a situation that you were in, okay? And then here comes Tommy Topper. Ah, right? yeah. And he has, to, he has to say, oh, well, I did this and this and this and this, right? And it's like, all right, Tommy Topper. Like, we get it. We get it, guy. Okay. It's like Woody Har- Harrelson in Zombieland. Where, like, yes. Jess- Jesse Eisenberg is like, you're one of those one-uppers, yes. aren't you? Yes, exactly. Like, okay, one upper, one upper is like, a Tommy Topper. He's yes. like, what do you mean one upper? He's like, well, you know, you kind of have to like say something better than the person that just said something. He's like, no, I know a guy that was way worse than me at that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. Like, I'm sorry, but like, do you want to tell a story that's relative to the to the story that just said? By all means, right? But when it comes to being a like a true Tommy Topper, right? Like. It's the guy that just goes out of his way to be like, oh, no, well, this happened, right? Like, and this, this was even crazier, right? It's like, dude, relax, bro. Like, we get it, okay? You live a crazy life. Okay, cool, right? But I've had, I had multiple teammates that were like this, and, like, I literally, I, I literally would not tell stories of what happened, like, in my past or even, like, night out before, right? Like, oh, Dude, this was crazy, right? And if he wasn't there, then, and I was telling the story, he'd be like, oh, well, this time in college, like, we did this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, okay, dude. All right. Well, we're, I was just giving a recap of the night, but all right, cool. Thanks for stealing the spotlight here, bud. To clarify, which, by the way, I totally agree, and to make sure there, I think there's a difference here. Because there's a difference between somebody that's, like, trying to one-up you because it's like, yes. It, with like they, it's like oh like we like we did something crazier or even cooler, and then there's a total difference between like you're just shooting the breeze and you're yes. like oh we did this one time in college and it's like no way dude we did something kind of like that but like this and it's yes. like just funny where it's like this synergy that builds and things just get funnier and funnier right agreed yeah but it's, it's the hard to out of... but there is a clear difference no no there. you did a very wonderful job thank you. If that. they, if the listeners aren't following along, okay, there is a difference. Okay. Like and I'm sure that. they do know. Yeah. Okay. No, because it's know. like, oh, I had this, let's just, let's say, let's say you hit a hole in one, right? Like, oh, it was so sick. Like, you know, hit it and da, 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 da. Right. And then all of a sudden Tommy Topper comes in, dude, I hit a hole in one time and it bounced off a rock yeah, and then yeah, it yeah. hit the cart girl and then it bounced in and then rolled and like spun around five times and then finally went in. Like that's a Tommy Topper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a key point of it is where you have to add variables to it because if you were to just say, oh, guess what? Like I was at this course, dude, I part three hit a hole in one crazy. And it's like, dude, that happened to me one time too. Like it's wild. Yeah. Like when that happens, like it changes your whole day. Like that's way different. That's like right. we're we're forming a bond, a relationship, something relatable. Whereas it's like, no, 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 no. My experience was better than yours. And here's why. <laughs> exactly. So you're a Tommy Topper. We can't be friends. I like that, dude. Tommy Topper. There were a couple Tommy Toppers in Lake Powell last year. Oh one, yeah, one for sure I can think of. Uh-huh. There's there's a there's a, there's a couple Tommy Toppers always, out there. They're but, everywhere, man. Yeah. They're everywhere, and it's sad. It's kind of sad. Like when you look into it, it's like clearly they're having a hard time, like feeling confident about who they are. So that's why they have to always be like, "This is why my life is cooler than yours." <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah, I try my best not to like bring up things, and because 
I don't ever want to be accused of being a Tommy Topper, and I'm like very hesitant on certain stories to tell in certain situations. So, all right, man, it's yeah. a good term. Yeah. All right, bro. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, but we'll be back. We will talk our spiritual segment. In fact, I'll try. We'll see how much time we want to leave for that. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll reconvene. How's that sound, sound brother? Good. Sounds good to me. All right. See you in a bit. See you in a bit. Harper and Harper in the morning. <laughs> That's our new handshake. I like it. I'm just letting you know that now. Yeah. For good. all the community, for all the community fans out there. Yeah. I'm I am I am Abed and Harper is Troy. I'll gladly take Childish Gambino. Body, you're right though. Body types alone. That's yeah. It's pretty spot on. Head head shape, body type. It's pretty spot on. <laughs> Skin color. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Easy, jeez. I do, I do not approve of that statement. That actually sounds like it could be a joke right out of community. So I'm I'm sorry for my friends' um, untimely jokes. Yeah, you're gonna have to apologize. And Don't precedent for apologizing for those. You're gonna have to do that a lot. <laughs> and with that, there we go. We're going spiritual thought. <laughs> That's right. Spiritual thought time, folks. You need you need Jesus. Amen to that. Hallelujah. That's one of my favorite gifts is Tyler Perry, Medea. Hallelujah. That is one of my favorite gifts. So, uh, yeah, so nice little break. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed your break as, as we did ours. And uh, spiritual thought. So I was thinking about this. I, I, this has been weighing on me for a while. Okay, so coming back. 2020 hit, right? We weren't able to go to church. Okay. A lot of home study did a little, you know, the zoom church there for a bit, right? Where it was like limited amount of people coming in, at least in, in Vegas, right? That's how it was. Um, and coming back, I kept hearing these things, the same phrasing in these talks that were being given. And the two phrases were we've all heard this story or we all know this story or some type of, of version of those two, right? Like, oh, well, we all know this scripture, mm-hmm. right? 90% of the time, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> and I'm being completely honest here, right? Like, I know, I know. If there's things that, like, we're 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 a population and a and a church like congregation, okay, church population of converts. Okay. We're all at different levels of our faith, of our beliefs, of our understanding of the gospel, okay? And me being like wanting to like kind of include everybody into this, right? Like and the shoes that I've worn, right? We can't assume that everybody knows all the same stories and we're all on the same intellectual level of the gospel and understanding of the church. So, public service announcement. And I've I've I don't think I've ever said it in one of my talks that for the three years that I've come back active, obviously. But like I really hope that people try to steer away from saying we all know this story we all know this scripture 
or making it feel like the people that don't know are lesser than thou. Yeah. What do you think? No, I mean, I think that's general, like just a good general rule of thumb, not just in when you say things like that, but also just kind of how you treat people. And you kind of felt, you mentioned that in our very first podcast together, it was something along the lines of you felt a little alienated because you wouldn't be around all the time. And you would show up to an activity as a teenager and they'd be like, what are you doing here? And you'd be like, oh, freak. Okay, so I'm not welcome because I'm not as active as you, which is a similar thing, but in a different context. I will say the only thing, and this is only meant to like maybe justify where they're coming from, not necessarily that they're trying to alienate. I do think people will say that sometimes because they just get like nervous and they don't know mm-hmm. how to present a topic. And so they'll be like, we've all heard this before when da da da. And it's like, they don't in the back of their heads. It's like, they feel like somebody in the congregation might be rolling their eyes. Like, Oh my gosh, we have to hear footsteps in the sand for the seventh time in four months, you know? And so people will just be like, because so I want to kind of mitigate that. So people could be like, Oh, at least they're self-aware that this is used repeatedly a lot or that CS Lewis gets quoted as the 13th apostle more than anyone or things like that. Yeah. So I, 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 I would only say that there are some of those people I think that qualify under that category and they're not necessarily doing it to alienate, but I get what your, your point is where it's like as a convert and as a non-member is a more extreme version of this where you're just like, no, I'm, I'm not aware of this at all. Please explain yourself because that would be very helpful. Yeah. So I, I get that. That's just always, well, it's always a better approach to just think, I'm going to assume they don't know anything. Let's just go in with that. Right. And I think that's the, that's the approach it should be. Right. Like, because you could have, you could have an investigator in your building, in your sacrament meeting every week, possibly. Right. Like family and friends that are visiting friends that are, you know, in that are active, but maybe, you know, not their friends aren't right. Their friends, maybe not even members. Right. And I just, I don't, I don't like people feeling alienated because sometimes the church does kind of get a bad rap sometimes in my opinion about people thinking that we think that we're holier than thou that, you know, like, Oh, well, yeah, we know everything, you know? And it's like, no, like that, that, that had to come from somewhere. Right. And if somebody's coming to investigate, you know, the church and, you know, wanting to figure out, you know, what's going on in, in those buildings and why are those people so happy, right? We can't have a subject on a talk and then say, oh, we all know this story. It's like, wait, um, I don't. Can you please explain? You know, yeah. and, I, and I get where you're coming from, where you're saying, you know, maybe they don't want people to think that they're not, maybe like they're not smart with the, with the gospel, right? But at the same time, if they're doing their research on something and maybe they, maybe they did come across a story that they've never heard before, you know? Yeah. And then maybe they talked to one other person was like, Oh yeah. Like, wait, you don't know that story. <laughs> and maybe that's what happened where they, you know, they go into yeah. the talk and they're like, Oh yeah, we've all heard this. Right. And like back of their mind, like, I had no idea, but okay, here we go. Everybody else evidently knows about it. And you've got these eyes like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of you guys. I've been, I've been, uh, been a member longer than anyone here. (laughs) (laughs) 
But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I just I hope people understand where I'm kind of come from. And I well, it's not a know. competition, and I think yeah. that's kind of what it gets to too. It's like we, it's like we're keeping score within the gospel. Like I have more gospel points than you because I know more gospel stories than you, and more application or whatever. Right. I just even even with the youth too, right? Like you have youth in in all these wards. You know what I mean? Like why why are you gonna if you're trying to talk to the entire congregation? Right, set it, set a good example to the youth. They they may not know the story. Yeah. Right. It's like true. if you think about that it's too. Fun. Right. Like they're we're all on different levels. Right. Whether it's actual members that are there every week. Okay. Different age groups all the way through. Okay. Mean you go to family ward. Right. I'm bad. That's right. Sure. And uh, you know it's. I just I hope people do a better job of being you know, and then on it's honestly like. It mean you were having a one-on-one conversation because we've done it before you, when you're like, do you know the story? And I'm like, no. And I'm very honest about it. Right. But if like you started telling a story and be like, oh, wait, yeah, I do. I do know this. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let, let me as the, as the audience, like get to that point and being like, oh yeah. Uh, yes. Duh. I do know this one. Right. Like, yeah. Hey, we're good. I, yeah, yeah. I'm good. We're same page. You know, let, well, let and me it streamlines that. the act application. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Where it's like, yeah, let the audience decide that. And since it's, since it's like a discourse, it's one way, it's one sided. You're not going to get right. that feedback, so you just have to pretend like they don't know it and just move on. Yeah, roll through it. Exactly. Exactly. Totally get it. So, yep. Public service announcement. Spiritual thought for me. I like that. Okay, so I've kind of got two, but they're out of the same book, and one's more recreational, and I thought it was more fun, and it's 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 in reference actually to something that I mentioned earlier in this episode. So this is what so I told you I hiked and swam in that volcano in La Fortuna, Costa Rica. Well, the volcano name was Volcano Chato. Uh it's close to a Volcano de de Arenal. Chato like is like an offshoot getting, volcano. What's that? I feel, I feel like your accent's getting worse, man. You've a very yeah, Arenal. Green, green, there you go. Give me, give me give me give me the good accent, okay? Volcano I, don't, Chato. I don't want the I don't want the gringo version. Okay. Yes, Guate. Yes. Okay. So we were talking about it, me and my buddies, because we looked and I mentioned this in the podcast earlier that uh, volcano Chato, the one we we hiked and swam in, hadn't uh, erupted for thirty five hundred years, which mm-hmm. puts it at around fifteen hundred BC. Well, as we were sitting around eating ice cream, which was a great time, oh, we were just sitting there speculating. Like, what did you have? Uh, it was a shake. It was a combination. Can't remember. It was a very good ice cream chocolate place, just in the middle of La Fortuna. Better, better, place? better than Lovitz. I don't know if I wait. Where was Lovitz? Saturday night in Vegas. Oh yeah, no, no, not better than that. That that custard's amazing. Shout um, out Lovitz. That's right. Shout out Lovitz. Right, go ahead. Sorry, I'll, I'll stop so, interrupting. No, you're good. Uh, so we were kind of speculating. We're like, wonder like who lived here, right? 1500 BC. And we're like, mm-hmm. some people had to have lived here. And I was like, wait a second. Weren't the Jaredites around at that time? So we're looking at it. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Jaredites were here at 2200. They landed in the Americas, right? That's very ambiguous. We don't know where. But in 2200 BC. And that was the extent of what we talked about. Because one of my buddies on the trip was like, I wonder if there's like – he's like, it'd be kind of cool if there was like any even slight reference to a volcano erupting or something like that. And I was like, oh, that is kind of cool to think about. So I thought about that yesterday and did a little recreational study 
um, on this. So I went through Ether and I kind of mapped out some things. I had to take some educated guesses. However, they were educated. So it's not like I'm just like whispering into the wind here. Um, so we decided, and this is what I wrote to them, because I, when I found this out, I was like, this is kind of cool. We decided that Volcano Chato erupted around 1500 BC when the Jaredites were potentially in the area. Granted, it's a stretch to think they were in Costa Rica, but if they were as advanced as the Book of Mormon implies, it's not crazy to think that they stretched at least that far if they landed anywhere in Mexico or more south. The eruption took place in the midpoint of the Jaredite civilization, and the Jaredite civilization went from 2200 to 600 BC, because right around the time that the Nephites landed there, and like the Mulekites were there too, is the last one, I believe, Corianthemer, actually lived with the Mulekites for nine moons. I think that means months. I can't remember. But anyway, just a little yes. interesting side point. So the midway point in Ether when the Jaredites, and this is another big leap because the midway point in Ether when the Jaredites actually settled, is from which is chapter 6 to 15. It's like when they land in the Americas is chapter 6, and when they essentially all die off is chapter 15. So it's like, we don't know the BC there. There's no calculation of that in Ether at all. It, the midway point in that history that we have from Ether is chapter 10 to 11. So this is what I found in chapter 11. It's chapter 11, verse 6. And it says, And there was a great calamity in all the land, for they had testified that a great curse should come upon the land and also upon the people, and that there should be a great destruction among them such as one as never had been upon the face of the earth, and their bones should become as heaps of earth upon the face of the land, except they should repent of their wickedness. I was like, hey, that's not nothing. Like a great destruction. Uh, the bones should become heaps upon the earth and the face of the land. Like that's something that uh, a volcano could do, hot lava, all that stuff. Like I said, kind of a stretch, but it was prophesied in ether right around potentially the time that that volcano might have erupted. Anyway, that's the recreational aspect of the research. I thought that was fun little whatever. That's me nerding out. That's like my seminary like, yeah. team coming out. That's digging in deep, like looking. It's it's the real life context, right? Like it, yeah. the, um, which I love. Uh, Tim Ballard, right? With uh, with the Lincoln, the Lincoln hypothesis, hypothesis Washington hypothesis, Pilgrim hypothesis, right? Like those things. Like he grabs so much different, like scripture from from Book of Mormon to the Doctrine and Covenants, like everything. It's just so cool because it gives you that real-world context um, of what actually could have been happening during the time or was happening during the time, not could have. I, I don't know why we're speaking in, you know, fiction terms. Uh, um, uh, but, you know, like, yeah, I, I, that makes me remember, like, understand things better when I can put the real world aspect of things. I mean, I, I asked you the question about the priesthood and it, when it was missing from the, from the world, right. Oh, yeah. it, it, and it coincides with the dark ages, middle ages, early middle ages, all the way to the enlightenment period. And when Joseph Smith was born, I actually looked at that stuff today. It was weird. Um, but during the enlightened period, it literally went right up to like the revolutionary times because it was like the French Revolution, the English Revolution, the American Revolution, like they all coincided together. But it was like right at the tail end of the Enlightenment period. And then that's when Joseph Smith was born at the tail end of that and then into the Revolutionary period. That's that's awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah. So it like coincides with all of the – because what, what who are the seven the seven dispensation? What is it? It's, it's oh, um, Adam, 
Abraham, Moses, Enoch. Yeah, Enoch is a dispensation like kind of separated from all that. Yeah. And um, then, um, Joseph's on there, and there's two more we're missing. Joseph, Christ, and the last dispensation, right? Well, Joseph, Joseph Smith is the last dispensation. Oh, that's the one you were saying. I thought you were saying Joseph of Egypt. But I guess that's... Oh, wait. Is that part of Abraham's dispensation? Because it goes Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, who becomes Israel, and Israel is the father of Joseph. We're missing right. a dispensation in there somewhere. We sound like idiots right now. Yeah. Whatever. But again, there's, on. there's one we're missing. It's okay. Wait, eight, yeah. six out of seven. Okay. We'll take it. We'll take Not it. Bad. All right. We're good. Okay. Let's, everybody let's, knows. Everybody knows this. It's fine. Let's right? challenge. We're, we're the idiots. Let's challenge, <laughs> let's challenge our listeners to come up with them and put it in the no, comments. That, with all the I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out right now. Okay. Uh, go ahead. So out of the same book, um, feel free to interrupt me by the way, as you find that out, but out of the same book in ether, I was actually reading some excerpts because I was starting to think about it was a it was fast and testimony meeting yesterday for my ward because the state conference is next week or this Sunday, and um, as as I was kind of hearing people's testimonies again, it dawned on me like when people use the word "I know," "I know," "I know," "I know," mm-hmm. always found that a little bit interesting. Ever since I read this part of Ether, but I wanted to kind of look a little bit deeper into it. So, in Ether. Three, nineteen to 20 is the scripture that says it's Moroni speaking and he says the brother of Jared had faith no more for he knew yep, right he knew yes so we're all familiar well, we all know that we all know that one right <laughs> so, I'm sorry for those that are have read in that area are familiar with that right that 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 those scriptures so um I always found that interesting because then it's like, well, then why do we say we know all this stuff in our testimonies when maybe we don't because it takes faith, right? We mm-hmm. have to have faith, and that's something we should lean on and something not to be glossed over, and we can't skip that step. It's a necessary part of the process. Yes. Yeah, so faith, uh, I read in All These Things Will Give the Experience. All These Things Shall Give the Experience, yeah. There you go. Um, and as soon as faith ceases to exist belief takes over mm-hmm. and then belief take then then belief loses its value and then knowing takes over there's oh, those st- are the steps that's the steps it goes from I faith like to belief to knowing okay, and man. and that's, that's what cool. it is it, it it quotes ether the exact same thing it's like faith ceases to exist when you know something yeah yeah and that i i love i love that you know because it's you have to you have to know right you have to be Strong in your convictions, you have to be sturdy, right? Cemented into the ground when it comes to those things, right? And that, that's that foundation, man. It's that's uh, when when someone says they know something, right? It's like it it carries a completely different weight than someone says, I I think I think that's right. Like, no, do you know it or not? Is a hundred? Yeah. Are how sure are you? Right? I I love that question. Whenever people. I'll question people like, how sure are you? Uh, 95% us, so you don't know then. Yeah, that's a good point. But it kind of keeps us... <laughs> you know 100%, right? Like you're in? Yeah, 100%, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I know. It does kind of keep us in check. It's like, wait a second, do I know or do I believe? Or do I just simply have faith? And these are important questions that we need to ask ourselves. 
in our own gospel study, in our relationship with the gospel, in our relationship with Christ, right? And that's where I've boiled down my testimony simply to, I know Christ loves me, I know he's the great redeemer, and I know he has paid for my sins. Those things I know. I have felt the truth of that. It's real. That's that foundation, man. That's that three. I mean, I I talked about, that's why I love, I'm so happy I came up with that analogy, bro. Three over seven, man. You give me that three any day of the week, man. Like, hopefully you're building upon those three, right? But you have three things that you know, you can't waver, man. You can't, it's hard. It's very, very hard to waver. Yeah. Right. If you, if you can always go back on those things. Yeah. Yep. Amen to that, man. I love it. So as I was looking at our favorite app, by the way, because there's a lot more to this. Okay. What are the, what's the dispensation we missed? Uh, Adam, Enoch, Noah. Noah was it. Moses, Abraham, Jesus, Joseph Smith. Noah. Noah was the one. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Of course, Noah. Yeah. Cause we went to Adam and we went right to Moses. That's an easy one. Cause Moses is a big part. Like he's right in Exodus. Like yeah. Noah happened so quick, but anyway. And then Abraham, um, Jesus, Joseph Smith. It's number seven. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Cool. We all know this. We all know that. We all know the dispensations. <laughs> but anyway, so um, I started, I, I utilized our favorite app. We bonded over this app early on in our Oh, yes, we did. App. That's right. The Scriptural Citation Index, which let's give a shout out to that again real quick. Scriptures.byu.edu if you want to do the web-based version, or you can do... I believe it's the Scripture Citation Index on the App Store that you can download at least for iPhone, probably Google as well. But look into that because it's an amazing reference. If you ever have any questions about any Scripture scriptures that you're coming across now it doesn't have every scripture listed but it has most and it definitely has all like the well-known ones so to speak like scripture mastery and stuff and you could see any conference talk that has cited these scriptures from like the 1940s i think and forward i think it's even back when general conference started i believe i think it's all the way back to like the the joseph smith papers well no i think there's this i think there's a gap in there because i've like never seen any from i don't know when general i don't know how consistent general conference was since like you know, that when the church started, but I think very clearly we had it consistently since like the forties yeah. is my guess. And so I think there seems to be a gap between like Joseph Smith, Orson Pratt, and like some of those guys that have written down some, some of that stuff in the older books um, to like the 1940s. Cause those will get cited too, to your point. Like they'll be citing all over that. But for me personally, so the, the church's website only has the 1971. Huh. Yeah. I know it goes back to the fifties for sure. I thought the forties as well, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but anyway, so for me personally, I find a lot more use out of the more modern, uh, not more modern, I guess, but like kind of like since the 1950s on, like whenever anything's cited there, I always look into that. It's always very useful. 1942, April, 1942. That's what scripture index has. There you go. Okay, cool. So I went to this citation. I looked it up, Ether 3, 19 to 20, to see who had mentioned it. Came across a talk from Bruce R. McConkie, October 1969. He cites Ether nice. 3.19 of when the brother of Jared had faith no more for he knew of God's divinity by seeing him face to face. Now, he mentions in that talk about how there is a difference between faith and knowing. 
specifically what the brother of Jared was going through in that moment. He didn't, he, he knew, so he didn't have faith. Now, I then thought, Elder McConkie has a pretty, like, famous last talk that he gave in general conference because he was speaking very boldly. And I was like, I'm going to look that up. I want to remember what he said. So I went through it. I went to that. And this is what he says, and this is a long quote near the end. Oh, sorry. So I guess the the citation I gave was wrong. That This is... Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm right. Okay. I'm getting a little bit crossed up here, but his original conference talk was in 1969 that he cites this, and this is what it says. Among those who compiled, or sorry, complied with the law of righteousness, here revealed was the brother of Jared, a prophet who lived some 2,000 years before our Lord's birth into mortality. Of the vision which he saw, Moroni says, because of the knowledge of this man, he could not be kept from beholding within the veil, and he saw the Lord, and he had faith no longer, for he knew nothing doubting. Wherefore, having this perfect knowledge of God, he could not be kept from within the veil. Therefore, he saw Jesus, and he did minister to him. That was in October 1969. Now contrast this with April 1985, which is Bruce R. McConkie's last conference talk, and this is what he said. And now, as pertaining to his perfect or to this perfect atonement, wrought by the shedding of the blood of God, I testify that it took place in Gethsemane and at Golgotha. And as pertaining to Jesus Christ, I testify that he is the Son of the living God and was crucified for the sins of the world. He is our Lord, our God, and our King. This I know of myself, independent of any other person. I am one of his witnesses, and in a coming day I shall feel the nail marks in his hands and in his feet, and shall wet his feet with my tears. But I shall not know any better than then. I shall. This is how he says it. But I shall not know any better then than I know now that he is God's almighty Son, that he is our Savior and Redeemer, and that salvation comes in and through his atoning blood and in no other way. Very, very powerful talk that he gave just in and of itself. But what I thought was amazing is when you compare that to the talk he gave 16 years prior about the difference between having faith and knowing. And basically when you say you know something, it is because you have witnessed it. And he said specifically, I am one of his witnesses. So from those two comparisons, you can actually make the case that... Elder McConkie has witnessed something directly in terms that it, as it pertains to the atonement and his relationship with Christ may have been more real than what we ever could have thought. I love seeing you get fired up, bro. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I absolutely love it, bro. It's so, oh man. Oh, I love it, dude. That's awesome. I, I don't, I don't have, yes, hundred percent. And I just love the fact that you can feel that coming yeah. through, man, that, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. I love seeing it. it wow. When when you're filled with that joy, man, it's, you can't beat it, man. You really yeah. can't. Dude, when you uh, make these like. Fire, fire me up, dude. I, cause right, I, bro. Uh, cause I, I, I feel the same way, man. And I just, I love the fact that you just. When you get going, man, you get up. It's it's good to see, man. I love it. Well, couldn't we, have done it without you, brother. Couldn't I know, but you. man, I, we're just we all we can do is support each other, and you know, it, just everybody in the, in this in this world. And you know, when when people are struggling, we have to be there for them. And and you know, it you can't deny when you know when you see somebody 
get fired up like you do with things. And I, I, I love to see it. And I, and I hope people, you know, can hear that conviction, you know, in, in your voice. Cause watching you, you know, on the video that we got, is just like, it fires me up. It really does. <laughs> there, there, well, I, I love it. I really do, man. Oh, good I stuff. hope it resonates. I hope it resonates. I, I hope it does too. And, and I hope that they can this. hear it. Right, yeah. like you can hear your voice, like you, you can hear the conviction in there, man. Like it's that's the that's the knowing, right? When you when you can hear something from a prophet and you know follow him and and you know let let him wait, you know. Obviously, we need to have our own testimony, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes you got to lean on other people's testimonies, man. And you know, prophets are there for us, you know, and and the apostles are there for us, our bishops are there for us, our you know, and then all the way down to our friends, right? Sometimes we got to lean on other people. And, uh, you know, I, I hope people can hear that conviction in, in your voice and, uh, you know, try and jump two feet in like, like we have, you know, it's just, it's such a, such a, you know, an abiding joy, right? That, that we're, you know, gifted when, when you're consumed by the spirit, you know, that's, that's, that's a gift from God, that joy, man. So. Adam felt that men might be, that men are, that they might have joy. Amen, so, brother. Yeah, well, I think that's a good it. ending point as much as any other. <laughs> I hear you. Let's go good stuff, man. Well, I hope uh, hope everybody enjoyed this episode. It was Harper and Harper in the morning. <laughs> telling you, man, we need to we need to put our faces over that that gift. Oh, we, dude, if you want to if you want to look into that, let's freaking roll. Let's oh, do it. So good. <laughs> Uh, all right man all right dude see you soon